Hey heroes, a quick note before we start the episode. The original cut of this series included an ableist slur as one of the names for the NPCs. At the time of recording and when we originally posted these episodes, we did not know this term was a slur. After a listener reached out to us and educated us, it became obvious that we had to address it. Currently, we're in the process of editing this term out of the show. So if you hear any bleeps going forward into the episode, that's what got taken out. And if you don't yet hear bleeps, it's because we are still in process of finishing that edit. And this introduction serves as a warning that that term might still be present in the show. If you want to know about the specific term in question, you can listen to either part one or part five of this series, as we address the term specifically in those introductions. And if you'd like educational resources so that you can hopefully remove ableist slurs from your own vocabulary, we have educational resources linked in our show notes. I'd say otherwise, this is a really great series, and I hope people can still enjoy listening to it. Thanks, heroes, and enjoy the show. We are and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and Game Master. This week we're continuing our Sentinel Comics adventure, and since we don't have anything major to announce, let's get right to the show. Hmm. So, still have the tentacles of darkness though that are actually <laughs> affecting me and as he floats there in this golden energy he motions towards these tentacles and they begin to swirl and actually absorb into him as he then takes that energy and shoots it right back mm. out and will unleash that energy that he has taken in against well, let's just go with because that's who was zapping him anyway. We got to know what that question mark does. It's been doing it this whole time. You'll <laughs> never know. <laughs> oh, no. This attacks uses absorption and my max die. Oh, shoot. Which ends up being a six. So down to a four with the minus two. But that's great. You have an attack of four against It has to roll a four on its die to survive. And mm -hmm. the question mark is that whenever rolls his die, he rolls it twice. The first one is a oh. three. Mm. The second one's a one. Yes. Aye. And with that, oh, with that, describe your attack striking and then I will take it away from point of view in a second. So the dark energy that he absorbs goes in and then comes back out as a shimmering golden light and strikes the book since the form of is not what matters. It's the magic that he uses. Yes, and as the book, as it strikes the book, the book shudders and shakes, and it seems to grow in size until it overwhelms the form, the humanoid form holding it, and the form collapses. The book slams on the ground, and as it slams on the ground, it rebounds into the air and shimmers with the golden light, and then the light clears, and all that is left in its place is a worn leather bookmark. Get it. <laughs> I'm going to need that for later. And there's only one person to throw it to, so AD. All right. <laughs> so AD has prophesied uh, his visions of the future before, um, and 
you all weren't very terribly convinced, um, and so he's going to have to take matters into his own hands. And he is going to run forward and grab BC and say, you don't know what you're messing with. You are a relic of the past. The future, the future is what's important. And take BC and slam BC into Savant to try to bowl Savant over. So this this does sound like an attack that might do damage, correct? Yes, why do you ask? I, I would like to use a, a reaction for mystic redirection. Okay, tell me more. When another hero in the yellow or red zone would take damage, you may redirect it to yourself and the defense against it using your single suggestion die. Excellent. So let me describe what's going to happen here and then you decide how you want to react to it. Excellent. AD's grabbing BC and using BC as a bludgeoning weapon against Savant. <laughs> Both of them are going to take damage. So, so AD's going to roll his die. That much damage will be dealt to BC and Savant. You may defend one of them. Okay. Defend Savant because I'm immortal. (laughs) I figured, yeah. BC's like, this is not the first time I've been used as a weapon. No. Well, this time I'm being used as a bludgeoning weapon. When it's like a thrown weapon, like with a bladed weapon, it's a whole other story. That's fair. That's fair. So AD hefts BC, grabs him by what would be the lapels, and shouts to him about not understanding what he's doing, and then hefts him over his head to slam him into Savant. But out of nowhere, seemingly sprung from the darkness itself... Shadows coalesce, and he has instead <laughs> slammed. How how much damage is this, by the way? Six damage. Okay, so it is still a substantial amount of damage. But you get to roll your suggestion die. Okay, that is a six. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> what will happen here? Like the the shadows coalesce, and I simply catch BC and like place him gently down and loom over AD and go, you say you are a man of the future. I say you are a coward. You fight, but instead you strike men when you could have struck a god. Also, it's not AD anymore. It's common error now. (laughs) I learned that in history class. (laughs) Delightful. Nonetheless, BC, you did get some damage from being swung about, but Savant, you are in the clear, <laughs> and Draculis, you're cool as heck. But it's AD's turn to pass. It sure is. And AD just got speechified at by Draculis, and Draculis did a very good and impressive speech, and AD looks like somewhat stricken, and is like, current era, is that, is that, is that right? Is it- Actually, yes. Common error, actually. I thought it would be current error. It's common error. Yes. I've I've not heard this. this, I feel like I should have known. I feel like someone should have told me. Yeah, I mean, I was, I had already kind of sent into the thing. I didn't want to add a whole three letters onto it. But like, I don't know what your excuse is. (laughs) Well, in the future, in the fu- in the future, we call it a D. C E is what they call true. it now. Not that seems pretty. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I just me. felt it was a villain thing. Like I had to beat up a guy named Pluto is a planet last week. <laughs> Ad turns and looks and goes, Fable, back, back me up here. You, it's it's Ad, right? And Fable is desperately scroll, is, is like turned over his scroll, and with his broken quill, is desperately scrolling. He's like, I'm sure we can make something work like that, and uh, write some things. Um, and from his scroll, from his tattered scroll with his tattered feather, is still able to 
hey, is still able to write out a bit of fake news that he applies <laughs> to AD and says, no, AD, you're right. You're right. In the future, it is AD. And that stands for all parentheses shall die. <laughs> AD Oof. feels heartened by this and is strengthened. Look, Fable's on his, is not, is not, is not at his best. I'm taking notes, but all eye is also a sentence. <laughs> you don't need the shall. Yeah, but it's funnier if I do a parenthetical <laughs> no, shall. No, I know. It's... <laughs> I'm talking to I'm talking to AD. Ah, yeah. Well, he's he, he is he's greatly heartened by this and I am I am using some some GM nonsense to make this happen. Fable has AD pass it to Fable. Fable boosts AD and pass it back to AD. And he turns to Draculees and says, "That's a good point." And raises both of his fists up in the air and slams them down into Draculees in a very standard normal style punch attack. <laughs> standard normal style punch attack. Seven damage plus two from his certainty that the, the that all shall Ooh. die. Nine damage. All right, that will take. Well, me. actually, we had a reaction on the floor. I have a reaction. <laughs> Savant, Savant is like from behind. Dracula's Savant's like, uh, 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 excuse me. <laughs> all shall die. Is I have also renamed all of my abilities, so I don't know what this actually was, but it is called Air to Stone. So as he goes to slam his hands down the very air around him begins to harden fantastic and so use my single transmutation die to defend uh which is a four great so you get hit about half as hard as you're expecting it's only five damages coming your way and i believe because we're still in the yellow zone you reduce it by another two so you take yes. from this massive attack three damage oofa doofa <laughs> that's great John, a thing that you mentioned that few other people have mentioned too about renaming their abilities. The names of the abilities in the book are mostly thematic placeholders. They're like, okay, this is what this is, but you're highly encouraged to rename your abilities. So you don't have to worry about what it was. When you say the ability, don't worry about like, oh, Christopher might want to know what the ability you're using is, so I know what it is. I am expecting you to give me a name that I don't know what it is, and I will understand from the things you're doing how it works. Perfect. So all your abilities are, are correctly renamed, and thank you for doing so. AD is grumpy. Dracules, can you believe this guy? Like, he's the man of the future, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to hit you over the head. <laughs> the funny thing is, All Shall Die is a way better name than AD. Yeah, right? Uh, I'm curious. This is what happens when you hire non-union writers. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, with that, AD is going to pass it to Dracules, who is who has taken has stolen the scene from himself, from Fable, and then back from himself again. It's Dracules' turn. But by divine right. <laughs> Yeah, Dracules is going to, I, I think, turn his gaze onto the, the three rats that have been added into this, and his eyes will glow blood red, and he will just speak to them, perish. <laughs> and he is going to use suggestion to just try and kill them all. Do you have an ability that hits multiple targets here? No, I don't have an ability that hits multiple targets, so I guess I just pick one of them yeah so yeah so they're or, each their own target but i don't know if up oh, or dave's about to give you some helpful advice so you can do Ooh. what's called a risky action for something like this Ooh. where you want to attack multiple things but you don't explicitly have an ability to do so you can still make the action you want but you'll take a minor twist of some kind for doing kind of an unusual usage of your powers and to be honest we gotta get oh some twists uh, up yeah in i there. i love that 
Yeah, let, let's 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 get some twists mm. on the table. I'm going to use imposing and suggestion, and I am we're in the yellow zone right now. Uh, so yes. I will. So you're suggesting to these rats that they go back to to to, to not existing again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. They existed hey guys, at my whim, sucks. and they will not exist at my whim. Very well. Oof, unfortunately, that's only a three. Right, so these are all minions, which we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. um, minions are governed by a single die, but they're way less hardy than uh, lieutenants. When a hero attacks a minion, a minion cannot possibly survive a hero's attack unscathed. The best thing a minion can hope for is to survive but take damage so if a minion fails its save roll it's just destroyed outright if it succeeds at its save roll hooray it survived it's degraded to die size so no matter what the worst case scenario for you is you turn them all into d4s the best case scenario for you is you destroy them outright and they're all individually rolling against your attack of a three so we roll 3d6 and we get a one a four and a two and so two of them the one and the two are destroyed Nope. So two of them perish, and one of them is like, well, I'm not sure. I kind of like having this jaunty feather. <laughs> so, like, it seems insulted, and, like, it's gone from a, a jaunty rat to kind of a wet rat look. Still feather, but uh, it's like, ah, good point. <laughs> but it's it's hanging in there. The the budget for the CG on that rat got degraded considerably. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> also then going to use my strength in victory attack, which I, I guess I'll call bloody victory. And when I eliminate a minion using an attack that uses suggestion, I can recover health equal to my min die. So I will get two hit points back from that. That sounds great. As I capture the, the fleeing souls of those rats and like... <laughs> Just <laughs> take them back. It makes sense. You you des you destroyed two rats. You get two health, one from each one from each rat. Just little rat nuggets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a hot tip for everybody who plays this game. There's one hit point in a rat, uh, so you can always eat rats to regain HP. That's a pro strat yep. from me to you. It's canon not just to Sentinel Comics the role playing game, but in fact to the entire world of Sentinel Comics. And you don't even um, have to be part vampire. <laughs> Uh, anyone can eat a rat if they're brave enough. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. Uh, but, 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 Dracules, you just suggested three rats, two of them out of existence and one of them into stupor. But at what cost? A at the cost of a minor twist. twist. Yes. Tell me about your principles. On the first page or the front page of your character sheet, you should have two principles. What two principles? What are the two principles that drive Dracules? Yeah, so my principles are split and indestructible. Mm. Split is there are two entirely separate facets to my personality. And like kind of every person in the world is on the spectrum of Hercules and Dracula. Mm -hmm. You fall somewhere in between those two points. That's just how human personalities work. Right. And the other is indestructible. I am so powerful, so difficult to harm that often people around me can get hurt in the process. Right. I do want to. I do want to dial in a little bit more to the fact that everyone is on a Hercules to Dracula spectrum, which I'm not arguing with. It's obviously true. Mm -hmm. It's one of the accepted truths of humanity. My question is: Is Dracules then at two points on that spectrum? 
whereas most people are one point. Yeah, it, it's 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 really like again, I, I I'm a 12 year old boy inside, you know, and sure. I'm sort of growing up trying to figure out who I am in the world and. I'm being pulled between these two locuses of being. Am I Hercules or am I Dracula? When I look into the mirror, do I see a hero or nothing? Because I'm a vampire. <laughs> oh, man. I remember being 12. It was a trying time. It's You're on difficult. both ends of what they call the Drakensiles scale, I think. <laughs> right there you go <laughs> so in this situation i think that this is the this is the the indestructible ones uh, is a little bit but i think this one's the the principle that makes a lot of sense for this situation because you are still a 12 year old boy inside aware that w through the imposing might of hercules and the soul-sucking power of dracula you just got rid of some rats and ate the essence that they were what is the the minor twist question prompt for that principle for split it is what perspective ended up being the wrong one for the situation mm, mm. you know i think there are times during the transformation where zeus feels out of control as though like this hero this larger than life hero is actually running the show you know that there's there's uh bad nightmares that he has where he isn't zeus lugosi anymore he is dracules now and forever mm. how could i have a personality or, or being at all in the face of these two timeless heroes long after zeus lugosi is dead the world will remember dracula and the world will remember hercules so he you know, remembered calling forth his children of the night. He brought those rats into this situation and now he's just eaten their souls. That is not something that Zeus signed up for today when when he told his Nona to take him down to the diner. So I think there is like real emotional peril here of like, I'm doing things that I don't want to do. All right. Fantastic. The minor twist that's going to come out of this actually is one that we're not going to see during this scene as a result. Um, it's not going to be a major thing. It's a minor t a twist, but uh, we will talk about it after the scene because I actually I like the direction of your going there, but that does not have an immediate result of, oh, okay, someone takes some damage or, oh, okay, someone has a minor hinder. No, no, no. It's a thing that's going to come up afterwards. But first, we must finish this scene. So with that all done, Dracules, where would you like to pass it now? Let's see. Well, there was sort of a confusing order of operations over on the enemy side. So I guess two of our enemies have gone. I, I right. want to get a savant back in this. Let's have an adult step into the situation now. <laughs> <laughs> With the dripping liquid steel that had been coming off of the Philosopher's Stone that Savant was trying to keep his grip on, he'll go ahead and motion to it and then use the very steel that liquid steel was using to turn it into his own weapon and fling it towards ad has taken no damage so i'm gonna go after ad sure. yeah <laughs> we've just sort of let the most powerful one hang he's out he's just been doing whatever actually going to hinder using transmutation and then if I roll doubles then I also attack nice. so mostly trying to use the steel to bind his arms but may also end up stabbing him in the process 
Alright, max die on the hinder for that one is a 10, so that's a minus that 3. That is a minus 3. Did you happen to roll doubles? I did that's not. That's alright. AD's got a minus 3. The liquid steel that had been dripping off of the Philosopher's Stone flies out and wraps itself around AD's hands, Ooh, binding awesome. him. Okay. And with that, I'll go ahead and throw to... I'll throw to BC. So as much as I want to keep pounding on these jerks and slicing their hands off and whatnot, I do feel like, <laughs> well, that challenge for the thing collapsing just went away, but <laughs> I think I am going to take this opportunity now that the way's a bit more clear to scoop up the remainder of the diners and try to get them to safety. Yeah. And one thing I want to do is I want to make sure I get our waitress and while in the process of saving her, grab our check and pay the bill and tip very nicely mm -hmm. because that's what that's what heroes yeah. do. Mm -hmm. Also, I think it's really going to stick in their crawl if I pay the bill before oh. those other guys can. So You're going to pay the bill for Fable, Liquid Steel, AD, yeah. and, uh, and Dimwit. You're really making you them know? look bad. Yeah. Ooh. That's its class. Oh, it's it's a call power us, move. Call us the B team. Well, I say the B team is better than the A team. Especially they will the remember this. <laughs> so I have a principle of immortality to overcome a situation involving your physical condition. And so I think I'm actually shielding them, you know, while things are collapsing, while, you know, various metals and rays are going by. And I'm just having that slam into me over and over again as I grab one person and shove them out the door and grab another person and just basically making myself a human shield in the process. Sure, that makes sense. I think this is going to be more of an agility thing. Use my mm -hmm. agility and my stealth to get them out without drawing attention from the enemies. And my max die is a seven. First of all, we're all going to get a hero point because I use my principle of immortality. And second of all, I'm going to succeed, but with a minor twist. Ooh, awesome. All right, so... Do you have an appropriate minor twist from your principles, do you feel? Well, for immortality, it's I take the long view of things. How does that cause me to be too slow? Mm. Because mm. I am, you know, not worrying about the enemies so much and just relying upon my own hardiness to save people. I, I think I might lose track of a little bit of what they're all doing and leave myself completely exposed. And in fact, in doing so, as you are going back and forth and shuttling, th shuttling these things, your, your focus is on these individual people, which is well and correct. And your focus is not on the fact that Liquid Steel's hands have reformed and she drives one of her hands into your back, right, right, right next to the kidney, and stabs you for three damage as you are running back and forth. Uh, you know, it's not my first kidney. Ow. <laughs> and it won't be your last. And just for that, I'm tipping 30%. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes! Excellent. That completes this challenge, and everybody is... Not not only is everyone saved, but the bill is paid, and <laughs> you hand the... Uh, this is a little story minor twist that doesn't have a mechanical effect. You hand your paid bill with your nice tip, and their paid bill with a very nice tip to her, and you're like, there you go. Here you are. And she's like, okay, but what about my destroyed diner? Like, this is nice. This is what, $50? This is good, but my diner... <laughs> Tell you what, 35% tip. You're a real prince. I... Do you not have insurance? 
sure, sure, sure I do, but I didn't. I, I don't know if it's covered. Oh boy. You live in a superhero universe. If you don't have superheroic activity insurance, like how are you operating a business? Well, now I've now I've got to really regret my life choices. Thanks, thanks, Draculies. <laughs> it's insured against acts of half of a half god. That's very specific. <laughs> Yes, it is specifically not an act of God, so you do have that going for you. I'll I'll make sure to mention that to my public defender. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Send the bill to my alias here, which is Benedict Cumberbatch, and he'll be sure to take care of it. Anyway, I'm going to throw it to Liquid Steel. Excellent. Liquid steel with because her stabby hands. I just hands. got stabbed. Yeah, she stabs you, and then she goes, My hands are back. That's my catchphrase. My hands are back. In town. <laughs> <laughs> the hands uh, are back in town. Change my kidney, but you don't hear me bragging. You just, you just did. Oh, right. That's, yeah, but I didn't that's hear you, it. Oh, very well, very well. She <laughs> slices out, once again doing the move that we know her to be good at, and does five damage to all y'all. Uh, unless you have any sort of reactions or defenses or anything. I will use breathing continues again to reduce that damage because yeah. I'm fairly sliced. Sliced and or diced. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Dracules, of course, you reduce it the standard amount. But still, everyone gets a little bit of slicing yeah. from a very normal liquid steel turn uh, in which she workshops some catchphrases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she will not pass it to the worn leather bookmark. It seems not a thing that she can do. So Get a bookmark! She'll try to trap you, uh, pass it to the rats, and the rats, one remaining rat the, is, looks at, at Draculis, who, who just dismissed two of its compatriots and greatly wounded its, its sense of self, and, like, turns away and goes, ah, no, and runs over to solid gold and chomps at solid gold for a total of one damage. Ow, jump, my jump. ankles. Oh, no. Uh, and then they'll pass it to the environment which will advance one space. We get closer to the the whole thing coming down. We are only one space away from entering the red zone, so this place is getting more and more dangerous. And with that, Solid Gold, you are the last to go. Ooh, okay. Solid Gold is going to do a quick bit of a, of a hand jive dance and begin spreading light out from underneath the feet of AD. So she just whips out at him and a beam of light emits onto the ground underneath him and leaves him on what is effectively a wobbly, messed up circle of pure gold that he's now standing on. Then she'll turn away from him, raise one hand high and snap a finger as a beam of light emits from the floor underneath him right up to the surface that he's now caught in. And she is going to share the spotlight. That's her big move, where she begins to frost him dramatically with gold and slam him into the ceiling with the force of the bl- of the uh, beam. And this is going to be Radiance, Ranged Combat, and Yellow. <laughs> okay, and this uses my max and my minimum dice. So we're going to go ahead. It's, yeah, I'm also going to take damage equal to my mid die. Uh, so now, now I rolled a 10, a 10, and a 5. So I take 10 damage. You take 10 damage, but you deal 15. I deal 15, and also that's... So what happens, basically, the beam launches him up to the ceiling. He is just smashed up against it, leaving an AD-shaped imprint to the ceiling before collapsing to the ground, covered in a frosty layer of gold. Radiant energy crackles all throughout me, but I quickly absorb it because I'm still in the yellow zone, and it heals me. (laughs) And so, uh, so he takes 15. I heal the full, and let's see how he's doing. 
Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. First up, we have a Radvertisement. This one comes to us from The Pod Has Been Cast. The Pod Has Been Cast is a sci-fi D&D actual play show. Join Voidmaster Jules, Bianca, Carlos, and Robert as they tell the story of three Voidfarers and the adventures that await them in the endless sea of swirling darkness they call... The Void. Inspired by sci-fi classics like Firefly, Farscape, Cowboy Bebop, and the Mass Effect series, The Pod Has Been Cast is perfect for any and all lovers of gunslingers, cyberpunk hackers, and robots. Oh boy, they actually quite possibly have too many robots. You can find them at thephbcast.com or on Instagram and Reddit at thepodhasbeencast. And of course, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts. As I pointed out last week, this show is hosted by Jules, who has worked with us so many times in the past. I always love playing with Jules, and I know you'll like any show hosted by them. So open your podcast app now and subscribe to The Pod Has Been Cast. Thank you so much for sponsoring this week's show. Heroes, I have a new book out, The Ultimate RPG Game. Game Master's World Building Guide is a collection of prompts, exercises, and mini-games to help make the process of developing a setting for your own role-playing easy and fun. It's currently available pretty much everywhere books are sold. You can find a list of online vendors by going to bit.ly slash ultimateworldbuilding. You can also find it in major brick-and-mortar retailers like Barnes & Noble. And, of course, my favorite places to buy books, indie brick-and-mortar bookstores, and your friendly local game store. For any independent venue, be sure to call ahead because sometimes you need to special order these things. And it's always worth it. Now, if you're curious to see what this book would be like in action, I have good news for you. Coming up on July 29th, I'm going to be joined by my friend, fantasy author Alexandra Rowland on my very own Twitch channel as we use exercises from the book to develop a world before your very eyes. And because we're on Twitch, we're probably going to be collaborating with our audience a little bit. We tried to do this event through a bookstore two times to no avail, and we liked the idea so much we're just striking out on our own. So join us July 29th starting at 6 p.m. Central Time over at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. Before we get back to the show, I'd like to take a moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. And I want to get things started off with a correction. Andrew Lucchese, thank you so much for supporting us. Meg E, thank you. Ethan Whiteley, thank you so much. Desmond Universe, thank you. Greg Carabas, thank you so much. Ben Colson. Thank you. Jason Evans, thank you so much. Eli, thank you very much. John Barrent, thank you. Christopher Walker, thank you so much. Mel McMeans, thank you very much. Casper Miller, thanks so much for your support. Anne Hintz, thank you. Kelsey, thank you very much. Jonathan Love, thank you so much. Mary, thank you. Twy, thank you very much. And Anna Goldberg, thank you. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. We wouldn't be able to make shows like this without you. If you want to help this show reach your ears, you can always head over to patreon.com slash oneshotpodcast to sign up and become a backer. Not only will you be able to join this list of luminaries you just heard, but you'll also get cool rewards. If you sign up at the $15 level or more, you'll get enrolled in the One Shot Book Club, where every month we bring you a free RPG PDF. This month's game is Let's Rob J.R. McElhenney and Steal Her Golden Quill, designed by Lara Turner. That game and so much bonus audio content can be yours when you sign up as a backer. Thanks again to everyone who supports us already. 
and everyone who's going to support us in the future. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. He's, there's no way he can save because he already has a minus three to his save. So he rolls his die and it, he rolls a five. And so he only has two. 15 is more than two. Now, nah, boom. So that does use up his, uh, the defense number there. Um, and he is for sure uh, greatly damaged, as you described, slammed into the ceiling, falls in a heap. And when he stands back to his feet, he does so shakily and with, with a fear in his eyes. Not of the past, nor of the future, but of the present. Mm. Would you even call that guy, though? I'm not seeing it. That move involved a flourish where I'm not even looking at him. It's like he's my personal explosion. All right, solid gold. (laughs) Who do you want to pass it to? We're at the start of a new round. Now, here's a fun idea. Mm. If you all want access to your red zone abilities, you could pass it to the environment, which would tick over into the red zone, and then everybody would have the red zone abilities. Yeah, let's show everybody what that looks That's like. Let's see cool. the Midtown Diner get its next turn. Fantastic. So, the Midtown Diner serves its customers. Ooh. <laughs> it sure does. It has a die pool for itself. And upon entering the red zone, it rolls its die pool. And everyone in the scene is attacked for three damage and hindered. For minus one. And this is Ooh. everyone in the scene. Boop. Wow. So everybody gets three damage. Is this the building collapsing? Nope. It's just the building shaking, ceiling tiles falling down, water pipes bursting up from the floor. The building is beginning to collapse, but it has not yet fully collapsed. The rat is destroyed by this attack. The environment eats the rat. Fable survives. And Liquid Steel and AD likely survive. AD <laughs> rolls a rolls a two on his D eight. What? <laughs> well, it's he, just, he just shakily gets to his feet after being slammed to the ceiling. He's like, "You, I can't believe you!" And then the thing goes, and like a pipe bursts out of the wall and smacks him in the face. And he's like, "Oh God, insulting!" The AD shaped whole, uh, imprint of the ceiling weakened the ceiling, and it collapses on him. Yep, yep. <laughs> and so with that, the scene continues to be ridiculous. Environment passes it to Fable. Fable turns shakily on his feet, takes his hat off his head, his broken, ruined hat, reaches into a hat, and pulls out a tiny violin. And he puts it on his shoulder, and he takes the bow, (laughs) and he gives it a lick, and he plays a tiny sad song on his tiny violin. And that tiny sad song saddens you all another minus one. So sad. But not only that, that sad song, it's not just sad for you to hear, but his compatriot, Liquid Steel, rejoices in the sorrow, and she would get a boost, but instead she just loses her negative. At least she's not negative anymore. But that's fine. Fable plays the sad song on his tiny violin, and then Fable passes it to AD. AD turns to Liquid Steel, says, You know the future we must fight for. This is our last chance, or we're going to get in big trouble. And he claps his hand on her shoulder, and she seems somewhat heartened slash concerned and frightened by his warnings and 
gets a plus two to her next action. And then Liquid Steel does the thing we know she does, which is she slashes all of you, but with a plus two. They are synergizing to try to just get the most they can out of them because they feel like you're about to take them to town. And she rolls a four and adds two to it and does six damage to everyone. That's the most oh, the wow. team can pull together, all working together <laughs> for one round. It's six damage to all of you. Was that metal? It was slicey, stabby, liquid steel metal. Perfect. <laughs> and if anybody has any sort of reactions or anything they haven't used since their last turn, now is... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will go ahead and oh, defend okay. BC, turning the air in front of the metal to hardened rock. All right. So you rolled your transmutation die, I believe it is? Yes, indeed. And that is a six. Minus two goes to a four. Right. Uh, and so BC only takes two damage from that. Because we are in the red zone and my push your limits is oh, activated, oh, oh. that allows me to use as many reactions as I would like. And my reactive strike has activated. I think I'm just going to hit her right Heck back. yeah. So I roll my speed die and add the amount of damage that I took. Now, you only took three damage from this attack because you have the defense, right? Yes, yes. So, okay. So yep. it does... Yep. Okay. Yep. Good, the amount of damage you took, that, not the uh, amount of damage that was coming at you. That is a important distinction to make, and I also forgot that it upgraded to three because we're in the red zone, but okay. So then that is a nine overall, including the damage that I took. Nine coming at liquid steel. She, yes. She does not successfully save because she's a D6, and she is... Knocked to the ground, but not yet defeated. She's on her last wow. metal legs. And that was still all as reactions. None of you have even acted yet this round. So things are looking pretty good for you. Liquid Steel is forced to pass it to... Yeah, Draculis, you you, you punched her. You get, to, you get to go. I think with this, Draculis, like, having rushed forward, knocked Liquid Steel to the ground, I think... Draculis, his his eyes are going to glow red. He's going to stand over her and like there's a moment where there's part of him, like actually I think both parts of him, right? Because you got Hercules on one side, you got Dracula on the other. Neither of them really spare their opponents very often. And then you've got this screaming 12-year-old in the background. No, no, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be a superhero. So his eyes glow red and uh, he's just going to attack with suggestion, telling her, submit, your time has ended. That is going to be a six. Oh, Liquid Steel rolls her D4 and cannot possibly match that level of danger. As you say, submit, she stands up to her tallest height and stares into your eyes and screams, never! But even as she screams, never, her form is melting, is dripping away, is falling to the ground and drips and drops. And with a sudden break, her whole form cascades as a rain of liquid metal, which quickly evaporates, leaving only a single rusty thumbtack lying on the ground where she... Draculis like cackles with like you know that villainous laugh there's a thunder strike in the background <laughs> internally Zeus is terrified because he was like I was trying to spare her but I killed her anyway oh no oh. it's okay Draculis I think you just reduced her to her thumbtack form 
Zeus is a 12-year-old. He He's not thinking clearly. <laughs> Reduced her to her alias, Rusty Thumbtack. <laughs> Rusty Thumbtack's a pretty good name. Yeah. Like, like a trucker? Yeah. yeah. I'm Rusty yeah. Thumbtack. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> breaker, breaker, this is Rusty Thumbtack. Come back. <laughs> yeah, this is worn leather bookmark. Go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah who am i gonna throw, throw to, to me? uh let's throw I, I would like to put in a yeah, request BC. because <laughs> please bc go for I, it i'm going to just set somebody up here having experienced ad's vision of the future it now starts to sink in all the ways that i know won't work because i have such a long view of history and know that no you know Actually, like, there's a bunch of immortals running around, so not everyone's going to die, so all must die is clearly not true, and, you know, there's all these other problems with that vision you showed me. So I'm using my red zone ability, Beneficial Contemplation, where I get to boost using history and roll my max plus mid plus min die, and it's a one-turn bonus, uh, which goes away if it is not used right away, so... That is my awareness, plus my history, plus, yes, I'm in the red zone, but who cares? And that is a boost roll of a 21, but minus two, so which is a 19 on boost, which the chart only goes up so far. Yep, so you're giving a plus four to who? It's going to be a plus four to, let's give it to solid gold, because I think she can um, provide a, a golden future. This <laughs> hmm, goes hmm. coming back, baby. <laughs> okay, I take it back. Let's not <laughs> disco eternal. And you are not giving. You're not using that against the negatives as solid gold has. You're just giving right. straight up to platform. Good, cool. Yep. That's what I thought. <laughs> and then I'm throwing it to solid gold, of course. Okay, let's see if we can finish this bad boy. Solid Gold has now officially filled the room with enough lasers to really get the job done. She raises both hands above her head and dramatically drops both hands, pointing her fingers at each of our standing remaining foes. And as she does so, gold light emits from both of her hands in, in beams, but also from the ground where AD was, from the ceiling where she's been reinforcing, from just all over, there are now beams of light happening from every direction, including that disco ball, just firing solid lasers everywhere. And she puts on her biggest red ability, Light Show. This allows her to attack up to three targets. However, one of them has to be her. So here we go. We're going to roll mid, max, and min with it being ranged combat, radiant, and D10, D12, D12. So yeah, I'm going to put the plus four onto the uh, 11 and eliminate AD. Fantastic. So with this giant attack that is aided by BC, go ahead and describe how that goes. So he's going to catch the brunt of it. The biggest portion of the attack comes to him. He's already standing in a field of rubble left over from the last time I hit him. So all of a sudden, he looks down around him in shock and consternation as the floor underneath the rubble begins to glow like light coming up from lava cracking up from under rock. And with a resigned expression, he looks at me, and I just kind of give him a quick smile and a wink, and then the whole thing just explodes again. Now he's not only caught up in a light shower, but also rubble-coated in gold flings forward, battering him in every direction and smashing him back into the same hole in the ceiling. Uh, his form falls from that hole in the ceiling after what seems like too long. Like his form smashes up to that hole and then you're like, and here he comes back. Nope. And here, surely he's, 
Oh, there he is. Okay, finally. And and his form crashes to the ground, and as it hits the ground, it bursts into a, a cloud of smoke. And when the smoke clears, all that's left in its place is a single, shiny, Tesla-branded lighter. Now I'm going to apply the mid-die to myself, and I'll take six damage, minus one, minus one, because I've got those hinders on me, and it is an attack roll I'm making. Or can I not cheat in that fashion? You can cheat in that fashion. Heck yeah. Okay, then I'll, instead of taking six damage, I'll heal for four. And then, finally, I'll send five damage Fable's way. Fable cannot possibly block five damage. So, basically, as uh, the explosion goes off that takes out, everyone sees the, the, the massive explosion that knocks down AD. It goes up, it flings down, and you can see the fear rising up in Fable's eyes because there's still lasers coming from everywhere. He begins to sort of roll and attempt to dodge each and every one of them. But then, before he really gets a chance, one of them comes in from behind him, bonks him in the back of the head, and he just kind of, with gold cratering across the back of his head and, and lining almost like a helmet in front of him, he goes forward onto his face with gold covering the remainder of his head. As he falls forward, you hear him yell out something that maybe would have been insightful or witty, but all it sounds like is... <laughs> and as he hits the floor, something falls out of his pocket, and you, your eyes all watch it skitter across the floor, and then when you look back to where he is, he is gone. But on the, there on the floor, what's, what seems to have fallen out of his pocket is a cracked hand mirror. And with that, the scene has ended, for there are no more foes, and there's nothing to stand in the way of you either shoring up the Midtown Diner, or walking out and watching it collapse in upon itself like a flan in a cupboard. I was going to say, as the last person who hasn't acted... Yeah, go for it. As all of these laser lights go off with all of this gold that solid gold has put around savant reaches out and after all of the enemies are down takes that imperfect gold that will crumble and makes it more real makes it actual gold and begins to fix the diner leaving all of the cracks with gold along them like a kintsugi <laughs> yes i love that i think that's fantastic and i love it i thought you were gonna go the alchemist way of being like and i turn all the gold to lead <laughs> <laughs> but yours is better okay fantastic we've ended an action scene Normally at this point, we would go into a montage scene or a social scene to bridge from one action scene to another action scene. During a montage scene, you have opportunities to learn some information about a thing that just happened, learn some information about a thing that's coming up, do some some things to, to try to do some recovery in between. However, there is a minor twist that is happening right now, and that minor twist is that, Dracules, you find two things happen as you leave combat, and you're like, okay, I have left combat. You feel, you, Zeus Lugosi, feel a little bit afraid of Dracules, and you're not really ready to transform back yet, because you're worried that transforming back goes, right now you are inside of Dracules, and there's a part of you that is afraid that transforming back puts Dracules inside of you, and you're not real hype about that just yet. So not only can you not transform, but you can't recover health. So whatever your health is at right now, you are stuck there until the next scene, which I'm not super concerned about because I feel like you had a lot of health and a lot of recovery and defenses, but the, the minor twist is you can't transform during this montage scene, nor can you recover health. Others can recover health up to the 
top of their current zone that they're in. So if like if your current health zone, not the scene zone, but your current health zone, if you're in the yellow zone, you can recover health up to the top of the yellow zone. Or if you want to go up to the next zone, if your health is, say, in the yellow zone, and you want to get to the top of the green zone, you can do so via help from another hero or with the usage of a twist of some sort. Dave, am I getting that correct? I think I am, but I'm going off the top I, of I honestly... Which, like, that sounds right, but I think I have to look it up, too. All right, great. <laughs> oh, I'm anyway. just going to see about that grapefruit. That never showed up. I love being <laughs> in the yellow zone. All right, fair enough, fair enough. But you are left in this diner, which is not a collapsed, falling apart diner, but is in fact a diner that has some, some dust and some rubble, but the structure of the diner is now laced through with gold in a way that uh, that shines and glints and brings people even more to come in and, and uh, partake in the fair at the Midtown Diner. You are left with four strange objects in front of you that seemed somehow connected to the four foes you faced. Yeah, can we like uh, pile those up on our table and sit back down? Because I feel like that's a great way to get to examining them. That sounds great. Go for it. All right. Well, then Solid Gold's going to do what she always does in these situations and whip out a pad. She grabs a little pad of paper and a pen out from, from her knapsack and, and slaps it on the table and starts writing down notes. We've got four items, and they kept mentioning a her who will be very mad if they don't do this. They almost had childlike voices. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. You all sound mm. like children to me. <laughs> Savant reaches out with a mystic eye to look upon them and begins to look and see are these actually enchanted items is there something about them or are they just normal is there nothing remarkable about them now that they have been left behind yeah i'm not even going to make you roll and overcome for that you are able to tell that these were enchanted items that these are normal items and they began their life as exactly what they look like now and then someone took those items and did something that you can feel some traces of, of transmutation but you also very notably don't feel like they were magically enchanted but that in some way this seems impossible to you but the way the ley lines twist around them that they were that reality was changed to make them into something notably different than they are and that now they have been reset to the thing that they're supposed to be it would appear these items were an anchor of some sort for a change to our reality. Not so much transformed into the people we saw, but used as a a go-between between whoever was doing this and the reality they wanted to see. And he picks up the, the lighter and flicks it on. Hmm, really quite impressive. So these aren't going to turn back into them then. These are just like material components, like in D&D. I don't understand that reference. <laughs> Referencing one game and another is my yeah, jam. Yeah, the, the Sentinels universe. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, D&D doesn't stand for what you think it does. <laughs> Draculis will pick up the hand mirror. You're telling me that someone chose this object to create an opponent for me, but I see nothing of myself in this. Well, yeah, you're <laughs> a vampire. Tosses it down to the table. That was a bit of a walk <laughs> for that one, I will admit. No, I'm there. I'm with you. I don't think it needs workshopping. Agnes, the waitress, comes over, and uh, she's pretty... Waitress slash owner of this restaurant. Yes, learned. right. In, in fact, that is that ten, uh, actually is the case. And she's like... The hustle never ends. She's like, thank you so much, I guess. Did you put this back together? This is very nice. I'm uh, hoping so. I don't really know what he did. Normally, that, that, that would crumble in another 10 minutes, so... Uh... What What is, uh... 
what, what can I call you guys? What's what's your? Do you have like a team name? Who are you? Yeah, we're Mystic Spiral. <laughs> no, no, I thought we were. We're the Black Spiral Dancers. The Mystic Occult Spiral <laughs> Supernatural. So we were Moss. I thought that's where. Um. We are Dracula's cool team of fun has friends. The Daria, has the Daria life expectancy <laughs> finally passed? Uh, <laughs> as the names bounce around the table, she kind of goes, oh, okay, 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 and just backs up and, and like <laughs> makes her way back into the kitchen. Very thankful, but also not unconcerned. So in your investigation of these items, you're able to determine that, yeah, like like you were saying, these are, these are we're like used to somehow bring something that was fake that was not real and make it incredibly real and that someone obviously sent that distortion of reality directly at you for that you were incredibly obviously targeted for this and how are you doing how's that how's that going for you like this is guys i think we made it Well, I think these simulacra were meant to be a distraction. There's no possible way they could have taken all of us out. There's not enough that was real to them, but just enough to keep us busy. They spoke of the wrath of another. Do we think the other... I mean, they have fallen. They have died. Uh, Could it be that they still exist somewhere in some way? Or perhaps they, did not they never existed at all. So mm. when you think about it, it's not really murder. It's like uh, using an eraser. To murder someone. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> BC, I am going to be having nightmares about the things that I saw you do for weeks. <laughs> well, I was pretty sure the liquid metal person could regrow hands because that's just what liquid metal people can do i can't do that have you tried Um, you're not liquid you're solid (laughs) it's in your name you see fair you have all the recessive genes i considered liquid gold and honestly i'm really glad at this point i went in a different direction yeah then you would have had to fight solid steel And the great hero Valvita would have certainly been upset with you. And if we ever go up against gaseous plutonium, well, watch out. (laughs) Savant, you feel like if you were to, perhaps you could do some sort of scrying or magical reverse engineering even to see the the origins of these objects. Because even though these objects were manipulated by reality one way or another, they still are entirely mundane and came from somewhere and were affected by people and maybe that's a thing that you can press on just got some psychometry yeah he's going to attempt to object read some of these mm-hmm. items gathers them all together and holds all four and attempts to find a commonality between them <laughs> this episode of one shot uses music from the following artists cakewalk by avocado junkie Black Crown by Andrew Stanton. Bus Won't Stop by Famous Cats. I've Seen Stranger Things by Alternate Endings. Life Worth Living by Moments. And In the Lift by Fabio Poyen. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online anywhere at The Other Tracy.
Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with more of the Sentinels of the Multiverse RPG. In the meantime, be sure to check out some of the other amazing gaming shows here on the One Shot Network. Like Campaign. Campaign is an actual play podcast exploring long-form role-playing. The current campaign, Skyjacks, takes place in an original setting inspired by the music of the Decemberists, folk tales, and classic adventure fiction. Join Liz Anderson, John Patrick Cohen, Tyler Davis, Johnny O'Mara, and Game Master, James D'Amato, as they tell a tale of daring sky pirates. Also, it's basically an elaborate retelling of Weekend at Bernie's. Just search for Campaign or James D'Amato on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. This week, I encourage you to go out and call your representatives about an issue that you care about. Directly calling representatives is a great way to advocate for an issue, and a good first step and part of any plan to push for change. When I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you can find a list of issue summaries of different issues that you might care about, along with contact information for your representatives and a script to read while you're on the phone to help you get your message across. Calling is quick, but it can make a huge difference. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.